1: Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm feeling a little spooky tonight, Josh. I think the podcast is going to go live to the world, uh, either Halloween Eve or on Halloween. That's true. I... So uh, in honor of that, we actually have a question from Eric Freeman, who asks, You are invited to an FPL-themed Halloween party. What scary costume are you wearing?
1: Sc- yeah, scary is tricky. I, if, I, if I were going as an fpl person. I think I would have to go as 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 Lord Dinnery, Ben Dinnery, right? I have to uh have to find someone to be to be my Kevin Keegan to sort of smile in a <laughs> yeah, photo with so me the whole time.
0: From his profile picture. Yes, of course, Lord Dinnery the Injury Maestro. And I feel like you should definitely play up that lord sort of theme. You could wear a, yes. a, a cloak of some kind and a scepter. I feel
1: like I would need one of those like pe- like one of those earpieces like newscasters have, right? So I'm like picking up the picking up the news in the latest press conference or something
0: yeah, yeah. Now, for, for me, I don't, I don't know if it's a stretch to call uh, Premier League linesman FPL themed, but I am obsessed with this lino uh, you see always on the weekend. His name is Stephen Child. If you don't know who I'm looking, uh, who I'm talking about, just Google him, Stephen Child. But he looks like a transplant from Transylvania. He has this really creepy looking uh, goatee, like a, a sharp goatee, and a and a weird bald head, and he just looks like one of those. Guys eyes that would open a big creaky door and be like hello yes we've been expecting you <laughs> uh so so that's it.
1: that's great that's like i forgot there's actually there is that one uh referee in i think he's like is it mexico or the south american league where he looks just like dracula right yeah. Like a, uh-huh. yeah yeah that would that would have been the obvious choice here yeah
0: well, speaking of horror shows, Josh, I can just talk about my Game Week 10 results real quick. Uh, Let's hear it. Thankfully, I did not have any time to watch any of the football in Game Week 10. Um, I did watch the first half of Spurs-Manchester United. and I It was a really exciting first half of football. I missed, ended up missing the goal. But here I am, 32 points, my first red arrow in a while, and I dropped like a good 300,000 in overall rank. My my uh, tran- I, I had two free transfers going into game week 10, right? So um, I brought in Richarlson uh, and Jesus. Made the big move this week to finally drop Lukaku.
1: Right.
0: And uh, that obviously didn't work. I put the armband on Jesus, hoping he'd score big against West Brom. The big victory at, at first was that Jesus even started. <laughs> right. That was half the battle. Uh, but ended up getting a yellow card and, and two points on a Jesus captain. Yeah. Richarlson also returns one point. But I dropped Aaron Moy, which was a long time coming. I felt really good going into game week 10. But the only points coming were, were De Gea and my main man, Pascal Gross. So there you have it.
1: Yeah, Pascal Gross every week. So when did you make your transfers? Because I, I saw that you'd, you'd taken two and, you know, you still had can in your squad. And so did you make your transfers? on Because you went home. Um, you know, so you saw the family this weekend, right?
0: Like, yeah, I had some family business to attend to. I left on Friday morning. So I did the Moira Charlson transfer on Thursday. I actually did Lukaku to Jesus early in the week. A lot of people who are team value obsessed uh, will back me up on this one. But Lukaku was pegged to price drop basically every night last week. <laughs> And at one point, fantasy football fix had him at like two hundred and eighteen percent guaranteed <laughs> to drop to eleven point six.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it is. A, it's a weird thing. I mean, I, I there was. I'm glad you brought this up because there was some talk of some sort of conspiracy or something, and someone was like, "Oh, well, Mark, Mark from fantasy football scout has Lukaku," and so he's. Not, and I was like, I just love the idea that he would throw away like all of his credibility and possibly like ruin their company just so that he could save like a tenth of a point on Lukaku yeah. I, mean, ins- I, I don't understand why it hasn't happened I mean there was
0: a more plausible conspiracy theory out there that the FPL towers were trying to not discourage the casuals by dropping the most owned player do they even if know do they
1: even know I, the, I, the I point totally no it's not a conspiracy clearly people were buying him as quickly as they were selling him or something I mean I yeah, the yeah. Idea that's a conspiracy to save him from dropping 0.1 yeah. million I mean give me a break yeah,
0: so I felt really good about those transfers, but yeah, making them early on, I totally missed the Kane is most definitely out of the weekend talk on Friday, and I missed an opportunity to do a little hokey-cokey with him. I think long-term, I'm not even convinced I would have moved Kane had had I known that going into the weekend. You might not have uh, moved Lukaku. Yes, you're right about that. You are right about that. Um but that that die was cast earlier in the week. I have no I have no true regrets
1: about the Kane thing. Now you you moved Kane. Uh, I, I well I did move Kane. I mean part partially I had two weeks so I actually had a pretty pretty good week. I, I finished on sixty two points. Uh, I'm I'm back up into the top one hundred k. I'm at ninety one thousand now. So it's nice nice where I want to be. I want to be back in that top one hundred k. So moving on up. It was you know, the problem was I had two weeks in a row where I couldn't field eleven players um, and. You know Ben Davies. Ben Davis, like I, I, you know, I was certainly hoping he was going to start, but I, I, I couldn't risk it. I mean, if Davies didn't, Davis didn't play, then I would have had Davis and Bemba and Chalaba all not playing on my bench, and there was a chance I could have only had ten players play again. So <laughs> I, I almost felt like I was forced to make the Murata move. No, um, well, that's what I did. So I, I went Kane to Murata. Um you know, Kane was about to drop anyway um, I had sold Kane and bought him brought him back and you know prices been fluctuating so much I didn't really even have any value built into him so there right. was no real like value hit for me um, maybe you know, a point
0: one or it's just gonna be a straight swap to bring oh, him back in if I'm actually be,
1: it, I'd actually I've actually already saved point one because uh, he's dropped since I since I dropped him okay. and uh is actually set for I think his second price rise so uh, I might actually save point2 million all told. Wow. Um and I just have to you know, in this spot like not
0: gecko over there. Yeah,
1: but so I got a I got an ass, it was really I got assisted into a good game week. <laughs> uh, I had assists <laughs> yeah. from Rada, Lukaku, Sala, uh Klosnik and Loftus Cheek. Um and um backline really came through. Klosnik finally delivers, right? I mean, after all my kvetching on Twitter yeah. about him. He uh, did
0: his best to catch up to Montreal in <laughs> one fell swoop.
1: He did, yeah. Uh, goal assist and three three bonus points. Uh, also had Phil Jones who picked up uh, three bonus points, um, and then I had Ward, and then even the three from Elliot was I got nine points today, which was just a nice, a nice way to end the week. And I I actually I felt like I had to put up like a bit of a number today because you know with all the stuff that happened with with Aguero not playing and Kane not playing, I mean I think Kane was still the fourth most captain player overall. Mm-hmm. You know I mean that includes a lot of teams that are just like dead teams effectively, but But still, I knew that there were a lot of vice captain points coming in too. So, uh, so if I wanted to stay in that top 100k, I felt like I needed a couple. I was really, I I actually felt like I felt a little unlucky to lose that second clean sheet because that didn't look like a game that anyone was going to score in today. The uh, the Burnley Newcastle match it was. (laughs) Um, did you watch any of it or did you, you I was,
0: I was in a cab on my way home from the airport. So I was tracking the miserable tweet storm of, of people (laughs) predicting whether it was going to be zero, zero or one, one. Yeah. Uh, It it was really death defying uh, tweets out there.
1: It was, yeah, exactly. Some people have attackers. Most people just had one defender or two defenders in those teams that they were just like, nobody score, please. Nobody score. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at your
0: uh, squad, Josh, and I love weeks like this for my team where the points are just, it's just like buckshot. It's spread mm-hmm. everywhere across your 11-player squad. Uh, nice consistency.
1: Yeah, um, the only thing that was kind of frustrating is that of literally if any of the players, including my keeper, I captained the one player with the least amount of points. I, I also captained Jesus, and... I felt almost I, nearly certain he was going to start. Um, I thought he would play at least seventy minutes. I think West Brom conceded something like the most goals at home or second most goals at home. Um, you know, Manchester City have scored a ton this year, so I wasn't. I figured Pulis, you know Pulis would, would would set up really conservatively, and I just didn't think it would matter. And it actually really didn't matter. I mean, it was a, it was a relatively open game. I was kind of surprised. Um, I didn't feel like West Brom uh, acquitted themselves poorly in this game. You know, I felt like they really, they really tried, and they scored a goal. Like you know, they equalized right off the bat um, in that match. And uh, but Jesus had maybe his worst game as a pro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was he was really off the boil. And um, so I guess my hope now is that he doesn't play at midweek. Um, and then I wonder if I just go again. You know, if I just captain. <laughs> him again. again. I like <laughs> it. Yeah, I mean, you know, captaining a, a Man City player at home to Arsenal is just like it's it's irresistible. Oh, you know, I, I mean, they're going to score like seven goals. I,
0: I'm picturing Jesus like running in and around in between Per Mertesacker's legs, like right. like a little squirrel, and it's going to be amazing. So yes, I'm hoping for yeah. the same thing.
1: It's certainly frustrating to, to to you know, to bring in Jesus two weeks ago and get one point and one point in the last two game weeks, yeah. and captain him one of those two. And I, I know a lot of people feel the same way, or or they have Aguero. Um <clears throat> so let's sorry, I did need to put on a cop button here, Brandon. So <laughs> before we get into all the man city and everything else talk, let's 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 quickly look at the Always Cheating Super League, see where it is. Uh yeah, it's the best it. of the best, Josh. The best players,
0: our best <laughs> listeners. I mm-hmm. I wonder if there is anybody in the Super League that doesn't listen to the podcast.
1: Well, Fabio Borges still hasn't reached out, and maybe it's maybe he's busy <laughs> <laughs> he's busy working on that novel, or maybe he, you know, Maybe he's a dead team. I love the idea that he's on, like, he's just a straight-up dead team. He's 35 points above everybody else, and that's just that's just how he that's, rolls.
0: That's what Always Cheating is all about. Okay, I'll <laughs> run through the top ten real quick of the Always Cheating Super League. Of course, it's the greatest mini-league in the world. You can still join. Just go to alwayscheating.com, click the league tab, or the uh, the code is all over our social media. So, top to bottom, uh, Josh, we're starting at ten. It's Bogdan Verbeka. I apologize, Bogdan. You have a... You have a A a tricky name there. Eighth place, we have a tie, Sam Jones, and Abdullah Al-Mamun. Moving up, we've got a lot of green arrows here in the top Mm -hmm. ten. Seventh place, Andre Bergstrom. Sixth is Mark Maxwell. Fifth place, Jay Lorenzana. Fourth place, Joshua Williams. Third place, John Eric Mader. In second place, Nick Tudhope. Uh, Football Friend FC, one of the more friendly uh, FPL names I've ever seen, Josh. And, of course, holding down first place, uh, as he was last week, is Fabio Borges' Clichés Clean Sheets. Game week score of 56 points and a total of 658. Again, Fabio, if you're out there listening, I don't know if you remember when uh, David Letterman would constantly moan to get Oprah Winfrey to come. Yeah, un- I remember
1: he had like a whole list of guests who were too afraid to come in a show. And if they came in, he would like cross them off the list. Yeah, okay. So we're going to keep asking
0: you, Fabio, to write in to the pod until you actually do. So So congrats on
1: being number one, but please write us. I know, and I, I don't even think I'm looking at him. I'm, I'm on his page right now. Fabio, I'm on your page, man. I see all of your classic leagues. I see all of your head-to-head leagues. What's his overall rank right now with 658? He is 142 in the world. Uh, he is Portuguese. Fabio, I hope you don't mind me giving that away. Um I thought that he was uh Brazilian but you know I guess uh or Argentinian perhaps. Or, or that's what I meant. Yeah, thank you. Um anyway, well done Ar- well done uh Fabio We're and We're going to get uh, a private please.
0: investigator on the on this. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Spend all our Patreon money on, on a private investigator to find uh, Fabio. So speaking of Patreon, Brandon, I have to, I have to. We did a quick check in on the Survivor League. It is, it is annihilating people once again. The Survivor League. It's brutal is a place to predict anything
0: this season. I'll tell you what. So I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah. So we are down to 18 managers in the Survivor League. We had about a hundred to start. Through three weeks, we have already lost 80 managers. So. It's uh, a few too many to actually list off here, but congrats to all of you. Uh, the winner will get to be on the podcast, and so we'll reach out to you, uh, you know, when when that happens. And that, that's um, just we'll one of the many out. perks. One of the many perks at our Patreon page, Josh. Yeah, and you and I actually, I, I have a couple of ideas. You know, I got to tell you, Brendan, my wife has a couple of good ideas for. Uh, oh, here <laughs> for the we, go. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Yoko. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, but we've got a couple things um, in, in mind for uh, for Patreon supporters, and if you are a Patreon supporter and there's something that you think would be cool uh we've talked about things like periscope and um yep. even like setting up like a like a voice line where people could you know call in and leave a voicemail um that we could that we could air on the podcast you know let us know what you think would be a cool feature um as a patreon supporter and um you know we'll definitely uh, consider it but uh, we've got a couple ideas as well
0: yeah so patreon.com slash always cheating or there's a link there at our website always josh
1: it's not all good news this week uh we have rants, yeah, it was a swingy week i'm I'm not surprised they have some big rants i mean there was i feel like this this was a this is a it was a moving day in a lot of leagues right It was a chance to move up to one or thirty spots <laughs> yeah, I like that moving day
0: uh yeah. the first the first rant we have I kind of relate to because uh you got the sterling goal and I got the uh classic k d b two pointer Overchubs over on uh, the FPL Reddit site, which we love, Ster- says Sterling is the worst player in the world. Gets benched, but still scores. I hate Pep, and I hate him. Uh,
1: I mean, I don't. I don't agree with any of that. Um, <laughs> you
0: don't hate Pep, even?
1: I do. Okay. What I regret is not bringing in uh, Sane. I mean, obviously, right? I mean, had we known, sure. Um, well, I, I really, I, I repped for Sane
0: last week. I'll, I'll stand up for myself here.
1: Sure. And I, I, I will admit, I thought Sterling would play. I mean, okay, granted, you know, be, before we recorded yesterday's or last week's podcast, we didn't know that it was going to take them 120 minutes at home to be Wolverhampton. the, in the whole that, episode pretty... of
0: MTV's uh, Matt Pinfield hosted
1: 120 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that was just, it was a brutal run because... So they have this West Brom game, which is om- almost the easiest game of the, not almost, it is the easiest game of the, of the, of the, uh, like a three fixture run. So it's, you know, West Brom and then Champions League. I believe they're away to Napoli in the Champions League. And then they play home to Arsenal on Sunday. So, you know, if Aguero played, I think he, did he play the full 90? or I think he played like 85 the week before, plays the full 120 at midweek. There was just no chance he was going to start on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, and, that was you know, that was
0: more bankable than Sterling's rotation. I think we could we could almost promise that Aguero wouldn't play.
1: I don't blame managers who who brought Aguero in early. I mean, you know, I don't think any of us thought he would even play in a League Cup match at home to Wolverhampton. You know, let alone play 120 minutes. I mean, you thought even if he came on or, or started in that game, he wouldn't play. They'd sub him off at the 60 minute mark or something. It was just crazy that he played the whole time. Um, and so it was. Just, it was just a weird match. And then so you know Sterling played 120 minutes too. And then suddenly you were in this position where you know the only two <laughs> safe starters this weekend were Sane and, and KDB, and I, I guess all the defenders. Um, although a lot of good that did for them, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: what a disaster! My John Stones pickup has not hasn't really given given me anything just yet. One clean. Yeah,
1: shoot. yeah, I know. And Ben Me with nine points today too. That's that's kind of.
0: Oh, uh, for, for those of you keeping score at home. Right?
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think I'm the only, like, even more than you, I remember that you moved yeah. me to stunts. Uh Yeah, it was, and Mendy, who I, I might have been the single, maybe after Aguero, the most transferred in player this game week, um, you know, on zero points. Yeah, and, rough, rough.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. if anyone had a transfer that worked out, I mean, let, let me know.
1: Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, uh, waking up at 2 a.m. to change your captain Hazard to Salah. What is this a sign of?
0: You're losing your mind, Jeremiah.
1: I mean, that, that's just a
0: sign that you're an FPL obsessive. I think we've all done that. Um, right. I, I, I'm usually, uh, you know, pretty drunk in that situation. <laughs> and that's yeah, fine. It's,
1: yeah, it's like the, um, you know, the slightly discredited author Malcolm Gladwell, Brandon? <laughs> sure, <judge him. laughs> I'm familiar with him, Yes um you know he had that that book blink and it's about you know the sort of first impressions and yeah i feel like a lot of the time I, I, the person that i just think like right off the bat like when i'm setting my team the weekend before right like every every sunday i'd like kind of just just in case i get hit by a bus right i like go ahead and just put together like a dummy lineup for the following weekend um i don't really care because if i'm dead i'm not i'm not sure why it's so important but you know i just i want to have that team in place
0: That's a question worth asking <laughs>
1: It's a question worth asking. Um so I always like to have that lineup set and then I just pick whoever I think, just quickly, in twenty <laughs> seconds, who I think the best captain is.
0: Um, oh, I'm just thinking about I am the same way. Like my team is already set for next week. Sure, mine is too. And and now I'm just equating it with the my impending death. This is really this is really <laughs> sad.
1: But I I just wonder how often I mean I guess there's no way to like go back and, and check this but how often the player that I instinctively captained like how well how often he's overperformed the player that I yeah. ultimately captained five days later right because I often end up switching it
0: that's one um, for whichever genius uh, runs the a new PLA site I feel like he could come up with that <laughs> or she.
1: Yeah, someone has to, like, incept us, though, right, and, like, find
0: out. All (laughs) right, last rant of the week comes from Jonathan Mills, who says, I don't even like NFL, but can you change your podcast theme this week? I don't want to talk about FPL. So, Jonathan, I feel your pain. I'm sitting 32 points. It's a a disaster. But uh, I'll tell you this. NFL isn't really much fun to talk about these days anyway.
1: No, that's the the no fun league, Brandon. That's what (laughs) they call it. All right, Josh, let's run
0: down real quick what we're going to talk about in this episode. We've got a few distinct parts coming up. Uh, one is inspired by a question we got from a listener. Lucky streak or viable FPL assets? So we're going to talk about players who have been sort of under the radar players who have been on a hot streak. Are they worth picking up or not? We're going to talk about goalkeepers, one of my favorite subjects. that They they never get play on the Always Cheating Podcast, but that's true but they do this week. Uh, also, we're going to talk about some transfer techniques, particularly with the uh, com- international break coming up and a lightning round before we get to our Game Week 11 preview. So we'll take a quick break and be right back with
1: all that great stuff.
0: Old podcasts, always
1: Brandon, we are back. Part one, Lucky Streak. Ian Wilson sets the table for this section. He says, Lucky Streak or Viable FPL Asset – uh, and then he lists a bunch of people. Yeah, like maybe we
0: can maybe we can talk about these guys uh one at a time very briefly cuz there are all okay. a lot of I guess so the the first 10 weeks or before we got to week 10 it was just filled with all heavy hitters. If you didn't cost 10 million or at least 8 8 or 9 million, you weren't worth having. Get out of here. Yeah. Get yeah. out of here. Hit the road, Jack. Yeah so, exactly. so now we have a lot lots of viable cheapos that uh are playing into some late wild carders or um people just tinkering around their midfield and front line. So the first one here is Glenn
1: Murray. Lucky streak? Yeah. Uh, yep, for sure. Uh, I think I saw that his conversion rate is something like eighty-five percent or something. He's he's got this incredibly unsustainable conversion rate. And he also picked up a penalty, which is uh, not anything you can really you know uh, plan, especially especially with a team like Brighton. They're just not going to win a lot of penalties. Um, he's, he's also, also like kind of old. Yeah, he's like thirty-four. He's injury prone. Um, yeah, Vi- not a viable FPL asset. He is a, a lucky streaker.
0: Now, my transfer in, which I had high hopes for, a lot of people had high hopes for Richarlson on Watford, and a lot of people we were talking about captaining. Captaining? Sounds sure. like a total Michigander there. Uh, <laughs> talking about captaining Richarlson yep. this weekend. Didn't pan out, got a yellow card, one-pointer. Um, yeah,
1: I think our friend Dave from Burnley was a Richarlison captainer.
0: For me, that one-pointer seems more of the, the blip than not he has been putting in very consistent performances over the last month i mean this is his first non-returning game since game week five you look at game week six through nine it's seven points ten points five points five points playing the full 90 Watford seemed to be relying on him for attacking output he's just sort of showing his uh he's that he's a young player he's not putting away those chances he needs to
1: yeah exactly i i had him for game weeks three four and five which i think are the only three game weeks outside of game week 10 that he didn't deliver points uh attacking points but I, I agree i mean i like i like this team i like the way that he's getting himself in position to um to score but also to set other players up um i like marco silva a lot their manager um, I think he's definitely a viable FPLS. He's also, you know, he's still really affordable. What is he, like six point four million or something like that? It's oh yeah, you know, very yeah. easy to bring
0: him in. Yep, yeah. he rose this week to six point four, but still very affordable. It's just like really disappointing home to Stoke. Uh just Watford as a team couldn't put a goal past Stoke, which is in really they're in really terrible form, but it was on the Scout cast, I think they were talking about where Charleston in particular, his home form has not been the best this season. Definitely looking for points from him away from home, and hmm. what better team than the garbage Everton to play next week in game week eleven? So Richardson away at Goodison Park, that could be a good opportunity yeah. for
1: him, especially if if Keane is is still injured for that game. I mean, oh my god! Like a if I had known that Everton was going, we're going to be without Keane um, for that for that you know, that game way to Leicester, I think my move actually I would have brought in Vardy instead of Murata because. Um, I mean, they just kill teams with, with slow defenders like uh, that. It's, I mean,
0: Ashley Williams is a case study in how to go from a great uh, Premier League center back to a complete waste of space. You know, and just he's in it, he,
1: went, he went the full John Terry. <laughs> you <know where> <laughs> Terry yeah. sort of fell apart last year.
0: All right, here's an interesting uh, one. Wilfred yeah. Zaha. So this is, uh, I don't know that we need to really talk about Zaha, right? He's great. Have him. But the real talking point here is Crystal Palace as a team.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like this team has has started to figure it out a little bit. I mean, Roy Hodgson, who's you know people kind of make fun of him, but he's a very solid manager with a long track record, and um, you know certainly when it comes to you know mid table, lower table clubs, he's done really well. I mean, he took Fulham to the you know Europa League final for goodness sake. So um, yeah, I think that I think that Zaha is um, totally viable. I mean, we all thought that going into the season, and he's just been injured for like seven weeks. Um, you know, and so he's actually, he's pretty affordable now, right? I mean, it's like 6.7 million, something like that. Uh, yeah, close. You're close.
0: 6.8, Josh. But okay. Okay. <laughs> and I was, I was thinking <laughs> like he seemed a little overpriced. Well, okay. He didn't seem overpriced at the start of the season, but then the form that Palace took and then the fact that Zaha got injured, he, <laughs> then of course he, any price was too, pro, too high a price to pay. <laughs> but I, I think you're right. 6.8 is actually a pretty good bargain for a team that looks like they're on the up. All right, so next is uh, Riyad Mahrez. So you were just talking about um, Everton's defense maybe flattering to deceive. Uh, Do you think that Leicester as a whole were flattered by how bad Everton are and how leaky their defense is
1: without Keane? This one's a really tough one for me. I mean, you know, the problem is that Mahrez has kind of been off form for a season and a half now. I mean, it's not like he... Even last year, he was really almost never in form, right? So we're we're, we're talking about a season and a half of of being on a – I mean, it's like I, – I, I just – I'm I'm still finding it a little hard to believe. I mean, the the real problem here is that he's, his price is still way too high, right? He's still priced like – Yeah, he's 8.4. Like a team that just won the league. His price should be like $7 million. He should be like – he should have been priced like Zaha I mean, this season, given that, you know, Lester finished, you know, um, whatever it was, like 14th last year and he had six goals and four assists. I mean – you know, I mean, he was he was he was even more expensive than Gilfie Sigurdsson going into the season, or yeah, maybe he was the same price. Yeah,
0: you, I don't know that there's any manager out there that can justify spending eight point four not on a Man City midfielder at this point, and yeah. the the output isn't even comparable to what you're getting with Mares, and we're talking we're hopefully talking about lots of other midfielders like Richarlison or Zaha that are way more affordable than Mares and have proven. In the near term, that they're better value.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if okay, yeah, even if you just can't, you know, deal with all of all of the stress of having like one of the another Man City midfielder, you could still look at someone like I don't know, like Philippe Coutinho, right? Who's like eight point nine million now. He's set to come back this weekend. Um, I'd rather have him over Maras.
0: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. All right, next on our list, he's a favorite whipping boy here. Recently on Always Cheating, uh, Mame Juve from Stoke, uh, probably the lucky streakiest of all these players we're talking about. Uh, this guy's kind of trash,
1: isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of trash. Uh, I'm like completely uh, not a believer in Juve. I mean, Juve had one goal last season. One goal, Brandon. He's a striker. A striker that has one goal over an entire season, even if he had some injuries, that's just, I, I refuse to believe that it's going to happen for him.
0: It is bananas that he went three for three between game week seven and nine. It is, it, it's, I, yeah. I can't really wrap my head around it. And I'm actually surprised plain, looking at his, looking at his minutes real quick, Josh, the fact that he's yeah. played the full 90 in every
1: single match bar the West Brom game in game week three. Right. And he's been playing as a striker again. So he's, I don't know, sometimes he's a converted winger and sometimes he's a striker. I don't know what's going on anymore. I can't I can't keep it straight with Juve, but I, I would much rather have Tammy Abraham for the same price.
0: <laughs> uh, Pascal Gross, uh, that that guy is probably the most viable of all the FPL assets. Well, OK, so between Richarlson and Pascal Gross, what are you thinking? The goal threat with Richarlson probably yeah. wins out there. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, Pascal Gros is, what, about $0.8 million cheaper. cheaper? Uh, maybe Gros just for the savings. Yeah. Um, I mean, the know, guy I is mean, like clockwork
0: yeah. so far, uh,
1: Pascal Yeah, Gross. exactly. I mean, you could definitely make an argument for having both of them, right, and just and playing with the four-man midfield again. I mean, it, it's it's so interesting how there's so many different formations this year. I mean, the four-man midfield, I, I guess it's, it's ultimately a good thing. Like, we've all convinced ourselves that you could do four at the back. That you can do, you know, one striker. There's all these different ways to play now, and it's like it's just it's open to up, So our teams are much more fluid than they've been in the past, right? I mean, totally. I feel like for years we were all just locked into this three-four-three. Three, yeah, and now it's like I'm I'm introducing the idea of four in the middle again. You know, it's like we it's finally, kind of fun. I like it. <laughs>
0: we have finally moved beyond you, Robin van Persie. We've we've, we've he's <laughs> exactly. so far. Van Persie is so far in the rearview mirror that now we're we're experimenting with formations. Yeah. All right, uh, Tammy Abraham, uh, a player that we might never agree on. Josh, uh, do, you, do you still...
1: What more do you need, Brandon? Another assist this weekend.
0: Well, okay, so my, my opinions alone, this, this one comes down to not whether it's a lucky streak or viable asset. It, it goes back to what you were just saying about team structure. Tammy Abraham is a rotation forward. And I would say, yeah, bring him into your squad. Right now I have Calvert-Lewin, who, yeah, he's trash. He can't do anything. The <laughs> whole Everton team is no good for anybody right now. I am right. I will freely admit that Calvert-Lewin is an anchor on everyone's FPL team that has him right now. And, it's just you. you know, yeah, it's just me. I'm the only one out there. Um, but that slot I've kind of carved out. It's a I will play three up front when Everton have maybe a, a decent fixture. <laughs> Same with Tammy Abraham. Don't don't bring in Tammy Abraham to play him week in week out. I just I I don't see that as a great use of funds. You probably have Tammy Abraham because you have a great four man midfield that you should be playing. Okay, with. right. So
1: it, viable FPL asset. Then we can both agree on that. Given given that frame.
0: That is about as close to softening on Tammy Abraham as you'll ever hear on this pod. Right now,
1: you're just being stubborn. about Oh yeah, I, I on, will.
0: Man. I will continue to hold this line until, yes, uh, one week soon. I actually bring Tammy Abraham without telling anybody. So. <laughs>
1: exactly. It would be such an easy move. It's a lateral move.
0: All right, Coverlou and Abraham. Uh, ne- All right,
1: uh, Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. yeah,
0: and we actually have a question from FPL Troll who says, "Is Aaron Ramsey the the new Alexis Sanchez?" So that there's some some recency bias. Perhaps
1: or what does that even what does that mean like the <laughs> well I don't think so <laughs> I mean Alexis uh, had a... <laughs> to state the obvious I don't think so yeah de-
0: definitely not but the fact is Alexis came in and did an FPL cameo last week I mean where where was he this week
1: Yeah I mean full confession here if I. If I had wild carded last weekend or – okay, if I'd used the free hit chip, which a lot of people did, um, yeah, no one really responded to talk about a successful – I don't think this is a, a week where the free hit chip really worked out. I think it became very in vogue on Friday that everyone, everyone was suddenly rolling out the free hit chip. It was like the – you know it's become in vogue cause suddenly the FPL like Twitter feed is starting to talk sure, about it too. Yeah. Um, you know, and they like to – they just they like to just follow along see what everybody's doing and then they jump on it and and then we all like kind of get mad because it ticks the fun <laughs> out of it um so um but you know a lot of people were doing it and if i had done that i definitely would have brought in alexis and i definitely would have captained him um i just thought it was a i mean he was coming off uh you know a goal and assist the game week before um uh, as we mentioned in last week's podcast he's on like every free kick and um yeah he just he just had a bad match and it's Honestly, I mean, because I'm an Arsenal fan, it's 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 hard to watch him right now. I mean, it's just it's hard to watch someone who, who just doesn't seem very happy. You know, yes. or, it's just or like it's like hanging out with mean. a friend.
0: He's like a bad yeah,
1: guy. like hanging. It's like hanging out with a friend who's depressed. I mean, you 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 want you want to like. You want to be there for them and you want the moral support, but it's also just not a lot of fun. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, sure. Ram,
0: so, Ramsey had this, like, legendary purple patch two seasons ago where he was just a must-have and you sure. couldn't stop. Him. I think it was three now. God, time flies. Um, I know. Uh, Arsenal seemed like they were just humming. or I mean, they kind of have been humming in the last few weeks, but they've had good matchups for them. It. Could come to a grinding, screeching halt against Manchester City in game week eleven. So I'm not sure how much we really want to dwell on Arsenal or or Ramsey.
1: Yeah, it's like you said. Uh, I wouldn't bring him in right now. Um, I mean, you know, you can score against City. That's for sure. I mean, you know, if Stoke and West Brom were both able to put two past City, there's no reason to think that anybody can't score in this team. If Jay
0: Rodriguez um, can do it, so can you. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, part of it is they're so good. I mean, the, the people are scoring them because they're just, like, camping out in the other team's opposition. And and then so it's just, you know, it opens up the – it's irresistible counterattacking opportunities there, you know? Um, yeah, so, I mean, Ramsey, yeah, we'll we'll see what he's like. Let, let, let's shelve Ramsey for now. And, you know, if he delivers a way to Man City and home to Spurs, then I'm, I'm willing to, uh, you know, be sort of con- convinced that he's an asset because – I mean, Arsenal are, you know, they're, I mean, they're a good squad and, you know, I think they're up to fifth place now. I mean, they're kind of, it's, it's interesting how the table is very much looking like you'd expect it to look, yeah. um, now that we're 10 weeks into the season and, you know, he's a 7 million midfielder on a very good team, um, despite unlike like kvetching about Arsenal. So, I mean, you know, I think that you have to consider him. You can't just, you know, dismiss him, but, um, I still feel like I'm not totally convinced. Yeah. All right. One more player.
0: And then we actually will put a man city button on, on this lucky streak section, um, Abdullah Dakore from Watford. I, I hope I, I did Dakore justice there. This man is now sitting on four goals over the last ten weeks, and he costs a mere five point four million pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if you had to choose between Richarlison and Dakore, oh, well, let me let me phrase it for you this way, Josh: Is Watford the type of team where you definitely want to get in on their midfield? Hell or high water. If you can only afford Decoré and not Richard Richardson,
1: is Decoré viable? No, no, no. I don't feel that way. This is not. He, he, this is not Danny Drinkwater in the Lester title-winning season. I mean, I, you know, I, or, or you know, who's the other guy with the big nose? <laughs> <For> Albrighton. Um, <laughs> Albrighton. <laughs> it's not out of the easy even Mar- Mark Albrighton. Um, I don't know what to think about Dakari. I mean, he scored a great goal in that Chelsea match two weeks ago. Uh, is he any good? I mean, he hasn't been traditionally, right? He's like, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, la-
0: last season was his first in the league, and he scored a goal and uh, and no assists. So.
1: Right, and I don't know if – I mean, and he played 1,352 minutes last season, so it's not like – you know, it's, it's not, not like he didn't have any kind of run out. Yeah, exactly. It's not it's not a huge sample size, but it's, it's big enough. Um, so I, I don't know what to think about Decore, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I'm not, like, itching to bring him to my team, though, because I just don't know enough about his. I mean, I've I've watched quite a bit of Watford this season, actually, and it feels like Richarlison is the one who's, who he'd want. I mean, or maybe Perea if he can stay healthy, which, you know, he's been struggling to do. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't. Decore is not the one who really sticks yeah, out to me. In Decore this, in this feels
0: like he's getting toward that loftest cheek territory of if you're thinking about Decore, that's probably a spot in your midfield you should be spending four point five on to make to, yeah. to make weight for uh, a player like Richarlison or Pascal Gross.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, Pascal Gross is only you know point two more, yeah. so I, I would definitely go right. for Gross.
0: Okay, so I wanted to just round this off with uh, our our necessary Manchester City every week we must talk about Manchester City and Sané is the lucky streak guy in their midfield right now do we need to talk about this midfield or rotation anymore this week or it just continues to be what it is
1: yeah I think you just have to be lo you just have to be logical about it and you know see who' see how many minutes people are playing in the the midweek fixtures in particular i mean it's been a it's been a stretch where they've had a lot of matches you know very close together um and i they had, they had champions league and then they had they went champions league weekend match um league cup game weekend match champions league weekend match right this is this is like 2 weeks ago through the, through this upcoming yeah. weekend. So it's you know it's, it's six matches in 3 weeks basically. Um there is going to be a lot of rotation there and they had to get you know I mean the reason Aguero played him in midweek is they they he felt like he needed to get some more minutes, you know, kind of give him a, a real run out after he came back from the rib injury. So um to me the more important thing is whether you want to captain these players. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean and that's the tricky part. I mean, I because I, if, if Jesus doesn't play at all at midweek, I will definitely consider captaining him uh, this weekend. If Jesus plays 90 minutes, I think I'm probably looking at a, maybe bench points this weekend, yeah. right? I might mean, just get one point from yeah. him. Um, and so, you know, or if, if Sterling plays 90, I'm not going to captain him because it's just— I don't think that they'll rotate the squad too much for a big match against Arsenal. Um and like, listen, like, kidding aside about Arsenal, it's still going to be a tough match at home, and um, you know. So I do think that uh, uh, they'll they'll have to play some of their top guys. But you know, I mean, do you have any other thoughts? I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I think we're all kind of at a loss here. I mean, like, you know, you you look on Twitter, or Facebook, or wherever, like, managers have been playing this playing this like for ten years, don't know what yeah. to do, right? I mean, people like you know, just with you know, tons of experience playing the game and thinking about it, or. Are all kind of throwing up their hands, like I don't know, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, uh, so. we got a message from
0: Cat- <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one. To we got a message from Cats and Pancakes who says, "Sane got a double digit points for the last three weeks. Uh, time to jump on board, or is it just points chasing?" And um, yeah, like you're saying, we it's it's hard to captain any of these players because we can't predict the rotation. The only thing I think we could really say is if you're if you're considering thoughtfully getting in on Manchester City points. Wait until the midweek matches to make those transfers. If you're looking at Sané or Sterling or either of the forwards, of or Jesus, wait to see how the minutes pan out against Napoli in midweek before you even consider pressing that uh, transfer button.
1: Yes. Agreed. Agreed.
0: All right, Brandon, I'm a little talked out. Let's take a quick break.
2: Same old podcast,
0: always cheating. We're back. And Josh, I don't know if you've heard, but Always Cheating is having a contest. I have heard. You, ha- you have heard. You helped put the contest together. So this is really exciting. <laughs> Josh and I, uh, under the auspices of our podcast, Always Cheating, we're holding a contest for you, the listener. Josh, what is your FPL team name?
1: My FPL team name is Morning in America.
0: Okay, I'm not interested in that team name. My team name is BK (laughs) Broilers. Nobody's interested in that. The contest is that you, the listener, can win an opportunity to change Josh's stupid FPL team name or my perhaps more stupid FPL team name (laughs) into whatever it is you want. You can change our team names to something that's, that's flattering for you, that's not so flattering for us, or maybe it's just a funny joke about uh, about uh, Premier League linesmen. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. uh, how do you participate in this contest? Well, you have to work with our great friends over at Starting Eleven, which is the newest daily fantasy app for the Premier League. We've talked a lot about Starting Eleven on this podcast, but just a refresher: you can find them at Starting Eleven. Uh, dot io. that's starting11.io one one you can download their app for your ios iphone or your android phone and you're playing uh, daily fantasy every saturday sunday any day in which there are at least two premier league matches going um so right now the contest is whoever gets the highest point total on any match flight in the starting 11 app while they're challenging us so, um, Josh, we've been receiving challenges for the last couple of weeks via starting 11. Yes, we have. And uh, we actually have a current leader in the Name Name the Cheaters
1: team contest. The current leader, Brandon, is John Torstensen. Uh, he's on 204.8 points. So if nobody scores a higher total than that in game week 11, he is going to get to rename one of our team's People, we can't let this happen. No, we
0: can't. John, John is a cruel man. He will, he will He's name our our team
1: bad things. <laughs> exactly, John. Don't just just walk away, John. Walk away, yeah. and someone challenge us to starting eleven. Play us in a head to head match, uh, and uh, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. And uh, if you get to win, you get to you get to rename our team. Um, I think I said through Christmas, right? So you get you get a nice yeah. A nice big six weeks with a with a renamed yeah, team. Man. Now it's either me or Brandon. You have to decide. Yeah,
0: you, you decide. But yeah, just do it for the fun of playing starting eleven. I can't stress that enough. The app is beautiful to use, and you're yes. making real time substitutions while we're watching the Premier League games, and uh, you feel very involved. It's a lot of fun. So again, check our friends out there at Starting 11io Download the app for your iPhone or Android today.
1: Goalkeepers. Brandon, you're right. We never talk about keepers on here. It's it's kind of boring. We talk about them at the start of the season, but then once the season starts, you almost never make a transfer for a goalkeeper. Uh, and it's it's funny that you actually, um, that you kind of added this as a section of the running order today, because it was something I was thinking about just this very morning. Um, dire Consequences says, are top drawer goalkeepers worth the 5.5 million? If so, who are the best three to go after? Now, he <laughs> knows you can only have two, right? Tops. What? So... To me there's only one goalkeeper that I would go after uh, at 5.5 million. Actually, well he's he's a little more than that, but it's it's David De Gea who is 5.7 million and I'm starting to think that he is really worth every penny at 5.7 million. Yeah,
0: so is this is this defies conventional diehard FPL manager logic. The, the, the we even said in our season preview that De Gea is one of the Man U, Manchester United players to avoid for the reason that you can buy find better value in your defense elsewhere and in seasons past you've had guys like Tom Heaton the guys on lower table mid table teams who cost a million at least cheaper at 4.5 and they're um just they're getting save point after save point however that no keeper like that has emerged this season i cannot agree yeah. more that it's the emer- Nick
1: Pope, I think, is starting to emerge as that player. Well, yeah, so we, we actually got a, a comment
0: here from that confused guy, 60 who asked, Is De Gea worth $1.2 more than Pope? So um, this question can be answered, I think, by just saying, Well, how much do you have in the bank? How much team surgery do you want to do? If you are stuck with Rob Elliott and you want a new keeper, um, you're probably going to, it's easier for you to make the jump to Pope. And I think you should be happy about that. But if right. you have the opportunity yeah. to go De Gea, that that's the number one goalkeeper in the game right now.
1: Yeah, if I brought in De Gea, I would not I would not drop Jones. I would just double up on the Man United defense. And uh obviously I wouldn't do it before Game Week eleven, but um they've got just a great run of fixtures coming up. I mean they play uh, Newcastle, Brighton, and Watford um at game weeks twelve through fourteen. Uh I see clean sheets in all of those matches. Um they do. <laughs> it's a little bit of a snag. Uh, they play Arsenal and Man City back to back in game weeks fifteen and sixteen. But then after that, it's Bournemouth, West Brom, Leicester, Burnley, Southampton, Everton, and Stoke. Um, you know, right up until right through mid January. Um, and De Gea basically just plays every game. Right? I mean, I know he got he didn't play a couple games At the end of last season when Mourinho was like, I don't know. I guess he was giving some of the uh, other guys a run out or something. But a double up starting in game week seventeen might be interesting. Um, you know, starting with that Bournemouth yeah. match.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at the other premium goalkeepers. I guess the two that immediately come to mind are Loris and Courtois. I think uh, Peter Cech would sometimes be in that company, but he's kind of looked like a miserable old man this season. Uh, and 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 given the attacking potential in with Monreal or Kolasniac in Arsenal's defense, Cech is out of this discussion for me. So I'm looking right. at Loris and Courtois aside from De Gea, and go for De Gea over Loris. Courtois is an interesting one now that his price has dropped to five point four. Does that somehow allow him to slip into somebody's team? We're, we're talking a lot more and more about Chelsea assets these days, um, for yeah. better or worse. Um, but I think that's more to do with their attacking than any great uh, defensive performances Chelsea have put forth recently.
1: Yeah, I mean they've been. I mean I know they just kept a clean sheet, but they they've been pretty disappointed in general. I mean I think that they've they've. Kept, I mean so cartois has played every game and they've kept four clean sheets in ten. Um, that's that's a pretty that's not a great ratio for a five point five million keeper. I mean you you basically I don't like to have the math worked out here, but you need like. I don't know seven or eight clean sheets in ten justify that kind of price, right? Because you know, I mean, a Burnley defender is going to give you a five out of ten, right? They're gonna you're gonna keep a clean sheet in like four to five matches at home. Yeah. So, Brendan, what does your current goalkeeper rotation look like?
0: Uh, I have De Gea and Rob Elliott. The uh, and that's fine for me because I will play De Gea even. It it actually has worked out beautifully for me to have a keeper that I really don't trust one iota and Rob Elliott because that's prevented me from rotating De Gea in matches like against Liverpool or against Spurs. And I've been rewarded for that. So I have a rotation that is working fantastically for me. I have a premium GK in De Gea that I will never bench. And I have the cheapest imaginable starting GK and Rob Elliott that I had brought in at 4.0. So I feel like I'm set.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, that's that's what I would, I would if I were wildcarding right now, I think that's what I would have to. Um, I would just write out the Man City Arsenal game in 15-16, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, my regret actually is not bringing in Pope over um, Fabianski. Uh, so I have one clean sheet in the five weeks since I brought in Fabianski. Um, I mean, the problem is just that Swansea are, are awful this yeah. year, and um, and he, but but weirdly he's not like getting a ton of saves, yeah. so so it's not really it's not really. I mean, like he looked like FPL gold <laughs> in the first four or five weeks of the season, right? They they kept a couple clean sheets. He was getting like a million saves, um, and it's like they've just kind of settled into being kind of crap
0: right hey, now, you, you know. You'd and almost be better off it's, it's with Jonas point. Lossel for for crying
1: out loud. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But, um, so yeah, I feel bad. I love, I really like Swansea and um, they're kind of my second club and I, um, I, I don't like to see them like this, but it's that, that team doesn't really have an identity right now, does it? I mean, it's kind of a mess. So
0: I think we've got three goalkeepers that we would focus in on here, right? We've got De Gea is almost though, the the must have keeper this season. Uh, Nick Pope is the, the best budget keeper right now. And Rob Elliott is the ultimate, um, bench rotation for a De Gea who you never rotate. I mean, is there anything else we need to <laughs> we need to tackle here with GKs?
1: Not not really. Um I mean Lossell, um you know has looked has looked pretty good at times. Um and you know got a penalty save this weekend. He's only four point six million. Um I think you know he's he's someone who's actually getting a fair yeah. amount of saves. Um he sent twenty seven on the season. Um he's actually the the third overall I mean he is kind of your old school Keeper, right? The like the like the, the yeah. Heaton guy you were talking like the Heaton version sure. you were talking about a couple, couple minutes. I think ago. you're right. Lossell um, is probably the yeah.
0: closest to a Heaton. I mean Pope Pope's making a case though.
1: Yeah, and I wish that uh, I wish Michael were four point five instead of five million. I mean, this whole Leicester team is just a, like a little overpriced by about a <laughs> half million to a million. Uh, if he was at four point five, I'd really like him because uh, I like I like you know just I just think he's a really classy keeper. He makes makes good saves. It seems like I think that team is going to shape up a little bit under Powell. I mean, uh, I think that Danny Simpson as a four point five million uh, defender is a really good option for them right now. So. Uh, Just something to think about, Brennan.
0: Things to think about, too. We're going to move on to part three here, and I've titled this section, Hold Your Transfer, Joshua. So we're going to talk a little bit about what are the benefits of holding on to your one free transfer and moving into a constant movement of two frees. So can I explain this to you, Josh?
1: Yeah, because that was not that was not if, clear. <laughs> if I hold my
0: if I hold my one free transfer this week, uh, the following week I'll go into the window with two frees. Now yes. some managers do this, and they exercise great discipline. And when they have those two free transfers, they then just uh, play one, and you keep two in the bank constantly until that point when you when you really need it. So I don't know what what is in the air this uh, week after game week 10, but we got a lot of questions about uh, this idea of holding your free transfer to get two at a time. We received a message from Rick Sito on Twitter who says, how about the value of banking a free transfer and playing two at a time? Scott Gill and uh, Strawberry Labrador on Reddit also wrote in. What do you think about an approach of trying where possible to always aim to save transfers so you can make changes
1: only when you have two freeze. So, yeah, and Scott Gill mentions the international break, too, which I think is another... It, it is useful to have two transfers over a national break if you can, because uh, it does seem like players are a little more prone to pick up injury over those two weeks, and uh, it, it can be kind of useful. It's also useful if you want to make... Yeah, If you want to get ahead of some price changes, um, but you don't want to leave yourself totally cold. Sure, you want to get ahead of that right?
0: Lukaku price change that's like 218% guaranteed. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the greatest at saving transfers. Um, I, maybe I guess I, I'm just a little too... You know, I'm not the most conservative FBL player. Um, I have a I have a very attacking mindset when it comes to the game, um, and that's that's made me. It's led to some really great seasons, and it's led to some really bad seasons. Um or not bad, but just like mediocre. You know, where I just get kind of mired in like like a stubborn mode where I'm like, and you like, do you know the th- you ever hear the story about how Tiger Woods never won a Masters when he was trailing on the final day?
0: I'm I'm not you know, familiar with that, this theory now.
1: Yeah, so Tiger Woods, for all you know, as great as he was in his, in his day, I think he won, He's won 14 majors. Uh-huh. Uh, he always was either leading or tied going into the final day when he won those majors. Um, and his game is—he's not at his best when he's when he's cruising and ahead. He makes really good decisions. He's just—he likes to be a front runner. Uh-huh. And when he's behind, his natural aggressive instincts just don't really play in his yeah. favor. Hands up, making some mistakes. Um, and so what I'm saying is I'm Tiger Woods, Brandon,
0: and that was where you're going, <laughs> you're, you're a sex act. If is I am, is that what
1: you're telling me? If Yeah. If, if it gets to like game week 20 and I am in first place, like, look out, like you've got no shot, <laughs> right? Like I will just like my brain just like turning into like the, you know, like my, my two best seasons were like that, where I was just like, I was out ahead like early on and then like no one yeah. could touch me. And every other season it's like, I get down and I'm just like scrambling around, like desperate transfer. Like, you know, I'm just like, I mean, I brought in like Johan Kabai at one point last year. Like, how could that have even happened? Like, where oh, was yeah, my brain we, where I we, thought like- We all oh,
0: remember God. that transfer.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll never live that down. So, you know, I think um, it is good to be, you know, I think that there is a tendency when you're when you're not doing as well as you want to be super aggressive and it can work out, but it's a huge gamble and it usually doesn't work out. And I find that the managers who are really strong, um, I'm thinking of Nick Cummings here, um, um, the, you know, even uh, Dave Wagner Lodell actually, who's um who joined our mini league and is like immediately in first place in it. Uh he he's naturally a conservative player too. Um and I just think that like that is really an approach that that works out and just having patience, you know, writing players out. I mean I I wild carded and I dropped for Charleston uh but Dave and I brought him in the same game week. He was like, you know what, I'm gonna hold him out. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens here. And then so he picked up those points, yeah. you know, and you know it's like sometimes it's like people like look at those transfers in a vacuum and it's like, oh, I brought in I mean Jesus is an example of this, right? Where it's like, oh, I brought in Jesus, uh, I got do 1.2 game weeks in a row, Jesus must go. Right? But like if Jesus doesn't play at midweek and he is the you know, one of the two strikers or the central or the lone striker at home to Arsenal. I mean, that guy could easily score a brace in that game, you know? So it's – I do think that, um, you know, being able to be patient and, yeah. and holding the transfers, right. um, even just holding your one transfer yeah. can be really valuable.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I think that's the, the takeaway for me talking about the two freeze at a time. It's less the uh, – what you can do with two frees during the week. I mean, I had two frees this week, brought in Jesus and Richarlson, and I got a total of two points so i don't I don't think there's an inherent benefit to having two versus one, but what is good to think about while we're discussing this is the fact that you aren't obligated to make a free transfer every week, and sometimes if you feel that right. obligation, you can end up shooting yourself in in the foot and like you're saying, Josh, like getting antsy or or wanting to point chase to To warn people to be patient, and uh, and you don't have to spend that free. And it's actually, maybe it's not beneficial to have two, but it's a it's a heck of a lot of fun to have two free transfers going into one week. It, it so,
1: is it is fun. Although I, I will say there there have been times though too where I have really convinced myself that I wanted to have those two transfers and I didn't make a, like a logical move that I should have made just for the fun of having those two transfers. So I think that that is. That's going to be wary of too. Like, if you've got a problem, just solve the problem. Right. And uh, Oops, sorry. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't just pound my hand on the <laughs> table. I... Okay, so
0: just as Scott, <laughs> Scott Gill was saying, um, getting those two frees going into an international break, if you want to do what Scott is telling you to do, this going into game week 11, don't make a transfer. Then you'll have two frees in the international break for two weeks. So um, just a word of warning there. All right, Josh, we're going to
1: do a lightning round right after a quick break. Let's do it.
2: Same
0: podcast.
1: Lightning round, Brandon. Uh, a lot of questions here. We're going to run through them very quickly. No more than 30 seconds on any one question. Here we go. First question in Potch We Trust says, did you watch the Arsenal game? If so, report. <laughs> I need to know how Sanchez, Ozil and Lacazette look. Don't worry about Ramsey. Uh, Sanchez uh, tried too hard Ozil looked like A guy capable of getting one assist a game uh, Lacazette Disappointing once again it's, so
0: mirac- it, it's It's crazy that they were just Absolutely purring the week before All three of these guys uh, World beaters
1: They were playing Everton Brandon They were playing Everton <laughs> Slim Shady can, Should I keep Can I or should I keep Aguero uh
0: yeah, I think Slim Shady should definitely keep Aguero. His price continues to move up um, despite him not getting a minute over the weekend. So there's nothing to fear there. The only thing, of course, as you well know, is you have to fear rotation. So keep your eye on the Champions League squad in midweek and base your decision on whether to Well, okay. so if Aguero plays the full 90 against Napoli, is that just a done deal for you, Josh? Drop Aguero immediately and move somebody better in or move an assured starter in?
1: No, I I don't think so, because um, it's if if it were if it were a lesser match that they're playing, you know, Crystal Palace at home or something, sure. Uh, but it's it's a big match. Um, you know, it's a big Sunday match. He's playing Arsenal. Um, and he didn't play a minute against West Brom. So I, I do think there's a pretty good chance that he'll, he'll start and play in that match.
0: All right. Ian Davis asks, Foolish to sell Jesus and just go with Sterling as Man City cover. Could then get Hazard for his great run of fixtures. Okay, so Sterling and Hazard or Jesus? Seems, seems pretty cut and dry <laughs> to me, I think think i mean recent? okay given this weekend and and hazard is growing in fpl stature now
1: it there's i am too biased right now i i I can't be objective about this i mean it it does seem like the way to go but um i mean jesus has actually looked like a pretty good value for his price recently i mean not not this last week obviously or the week before uh i don't know it's probably it would probably work out fine i mean chelsea have a good run of fixtures so sure
0: Ian, we'd like to know what other strikers you're dealing with here. If, you, if you're right. dropping Jay Deuce and re- replacing him with Tammy Abraham, I have more que- I have follow-up questions with you.
1: Connor Faf-Azam, who I, he was in our top ten, wasn't he? He once was, anyway. You know, uh, my
0: memory is really terrible these days, Josh.
1: Is Lukaku's steady trickle of points worth his price? Uh, this is an intriguing
0: one. Um I think everyone kind of lost patience with Lukaku uh, one or two weeks ago. I did, and <laughs> you didn't. Um,
1: how you close were you to last week? Uh, uh, he... I wasn't. I wasn't close at all. Uh, I, I. But mostly, okay. If, if their fixtures just like if they were just had like a, a horrible run of fixtures coming week after week, but because their fixtures get so good in you know in game week twelve, thirteen, and fourteen, I, I felt like I really had to stick with them. Um, I mean just Newcastle at home, Brighton at home, Watford away. I mean those are really good fixtures for a player like Rakaku's, you know, a bit of a flat track bully. Yeah, so he's worth his price after the Chelsea match. Yeah, when they have a run of playing bad teams, yeah. I mean there's no like there's no like magic trick here. When 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 Manu play bad teams, he looks really good.
0: Yeah, I don't think we need to make like just Broad blanket statements about Lukaku, whether he's 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 back or he's over or or what he is what he is. We all know what Lukaku is. There's no right. like, like you said, Josh. There's no mystery.
1: Right, exactly. But I don't I don't think it's like that. I mean, because there are players who are a little more streaky than that, where they like they'll be they can play against anybody, you know, and like when they're informed, they're. They're just uns- like Aguero is like this, you know, or Harry Kane. But Lukaku needs to be playing bad people on the, on the regular. Yeah. But when he does, he looks awesome, right? Like when he does, he's like a he's like a candidate for a brace or a hat trick or, you know, I mean, he, he would score four goals against bad teams sometimes with Everton.
0: All right. Speaking of high-priced strikers, Michael Henneberg writes in, what do we do with Kane? 12.5 is a lot to sit at the end of my bench for one, possibly two straight weeks. So we don't know what's going to go down in this Crystal Palace match, if if Harry Kane is looks like he's going to play over the weekend, armband all the way, and I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't even be concerned that he's coming off of some sort of hamstring injury. Yeah, um, I would captain him.
1: Yeah, I may, I may actually bring him right back in uh, for Murata. Um, I have no problem transferring him out and bringing him right back in. Um, I would like to move Kalasnik out if I could, but if I have to play, Kla- if Kane plays against Real in midweek and looks good, scores a goal or two, um, then yeah, I'm definitely going to bring him back in. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just I can't risk it. Uh, but if he is still injured with a hamstring, I probably won't do it because I just and Pochettino has been a little cagey in his press conferences, uh, yes. and I just think there's a chance that they just. Wouldn't feel like they needed him for a home match to Crystal Palace, with the international break to come. I think they might just put him on the shelf for two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's too early to tell.
0: But okay, so you're you're dealing with only one side of this, where you're th- considering whether to bring him in or not. What I'm what I'm and me and Michael have the same problem here. We still have Kane, and the threat of Kane not playing against Crystal Palace means we're losing out on prob- perhaps a big haul from another uh, premium striker elsewhere. And I'm struggling with this idea of if there's a threat of Kane not playing against Palace, just move him out. And I think I'm leaning towards yes, Michael, because the odds are that Kane is going to fall in value again if that if that news breaks. So you'd be able to bring him in at the same price that you originally bought him at. Uh, so using that logic... Just wait to hear what the news is. If he's not going to play, my advice would be swap him out for another striker for a one-week punt going into the international break.
1: Yeah, um, Andy Anderson says uh, he'd like to hear a discussion on how we pick defenders. Andy, you're in the lightning round, man. I'm sorry. It says, uh, do you pick do you pick somebody cheap on a stingy defense, or go to defenders that have attacking potential? Uh, this is my first year in FPL, so I'm still figuring out how to approach each position it 's a good question i you know I think that ideally you want someone with a little bit of attacking threat on um, uh, i mean okay what you want, what you want is a, is a Marcus Alonso if you can afford him, but um you know the you can only usually get those players their first year in the league and then the f p l figures them out and you know throws some like huge price on them. Uh, so you can't afford him anymore. Um, so I think sometimes what you want is the cheapest player on a really good team, the cheapest defender on a really good team. I'm thinking of Phil Jones right now uh, as an example of this. Um, I think David Luiz is another candidate.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, you know, $5.9 million, uh defender for Chelsea. Um you know, Man City. I guess you got you got John Stones, who's pretty affordable at five point five. I mean, Oda Mendy was the same price as Stones a couple weekends, you know, a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, um, and that's just a testament to you have to get on these trends as early as possible. Like Odomendi Mendy right. looked like the better goal threat and uh, better for bonus than John Stones, and off he went. And now, now you missed that boat. Now I think maybe John Stones could be better just by the uh, the sole fact that he's cheaper.
1: Brennan, can you explain to me how Phil Jones has started ten weeks in a row, has picked up eight clean sheets in the in the last ten matches, has picked up eight bonus points, and has still only risen point three in the first ten weeks of the season? Uh, and what's 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 funny
0: is one of the clean sheets that Manchester United actually lost was one that he went out like at the twenty third minute. So right. only to no, prove no how points were like,
1: even.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, I I do wonder if it's a reputation thing. Like people just. Know that he's injury prone. Yeah. His gurn faces are known throughout the land, across sure. the internet. He's just kind of. He, yeah. he also he looks like a terrible athlete. He plays very well, and to watch yeah. him perform, he sometimes he looks magisterial. Often yeah. he looks like a like somebody's dad.
1: Yeah, and I've I've been guilty of this too. And I mean, I even made fun of him last week, right? Because he basically made a tackle, and he was like, "No, no, 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 I'm out. I'm injured." Uh, uh, he's like, I, I tried to be athletic and that did not work. Like, take me out of this match.
0: Uh, all right, we have uh, moving on to the lightning round. Didn't you hear that lightning crash? Yep. I that <laughs> that dude there asks, is it time to talk about Delf? Uh, we're talking about Manchester City's own Fabian Delf. Is that his first yeah, name?
1: Yeah, it is Fabian. I talk uh,
0: <laughs> I talk about Fabian so little. I was like, Fabian, is that right? <laughs> He seems to be staying at left back. So are we convinced that Delph is uh, is locked in on that position while Mendy is is away? Like, Danilo is so far out of favor that that Pep won't even rotate
1: <laughs> him in for Delph? I guess so. I, I, you know, I mean, it, it, it does seem to be the case. Uh, here's why I wouldn't do it. There are going to be times this year, if not right now, uh, where you want to have three Man City players. And you don't want to be in a position where you can't have... And a a striker, a midfielder, and a defender from that team because one of your players is Fabian Delph, right? Like, you've got that four (laughs) point. Because he's not going to pick up that many more points, right? Like, is he, like, you know, like, over the next five weeks, who do you think is going to pick up more points, Fabian Delph or Ruben Loftus-Cheek? It's like a toss-up, right?
0: It is is a straight toss-up, yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, who knows? So I would (laughs) rather just have Loftus-Cheek uh and then and then have that the was perhaps the
0: most provocative players. question we've ever asked i'm always cheating i have to say
1: <laughs> let's do it let's do some sort of tally on the on the on the, <laughs> the twitter feed uh yeah, so i wouldn't pick up Dell for that reason i mean i think as a 4.5 million option who can occasionally score an assist he's fine um and if you just know you're never going to have a a need for three-man city players who are better than him then sure <laughs> uh
0: all right uh Benteo 85 with big teams fixtures. I'm, I'm interested in this theory that Benteo has, with big teams fixtures getting congested in coming weeks, does it make sense to actually transfer them out for smaller teams, less of injury and fatigue and rotation? So uh, Benteo is thinking about transferring out Sterling to Zaha, using an extra extra funds to upgrade his defense. So what do you think about this theory? So you've got a lot of fixture congestion for the top teams, Champions League, what have you. Lots of rotation, particularly with Manchester City. Just get rid of them and bring in set-and-forget players and lower down the table.
1: Yeah, it's something I thought about for sure. Um, It's something – I don't know if you've looked, Brendan, at the fixtures through – you know like basically late november through you know christmas i mean it's
0: yeah like yeah, it is thing. even
1: even by the standards of the like really busy christmas schedule it's like kind of out of control yeah. uh there's like multiple midweek games even before you get into the holidays um and then there's all of the all the holiday fixtures which are they it, it felt even crazier when i was looking at it like it felt like there's there's just matches every day for like nine days in a row yeah so it does make you a little worried about someone like sterling i mean how many minutes is he gonna you know, if he comes on in 30 minutes in some of these games and it's fine but i mean it seems like right now Pep's just i mean the problem is he has so much squad depth yeah. That, you know, you can play someone like Bernardo Silva for 65 minutes and or even a whole match and just not bring on um, any of those guys. I mean, so even a club like Arsenal, which is a big club but doesn't have the depth, would be maybe a, an option here, right? Like I mean, yeah. maybe someone like Ramsey is an option because, um, you know, he's just, he's just more likely to play in most of these games. Uh, or even someone like Alexis Sanchez, right, who basically refuses to be rested ever. Right. Um, you know, he's an interesting option.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people are making hay about Crystal Palace's fixtures after Game Week 11 coming back from the break. It's it's like fantastic. Everton, Stoke, Brighton, West, Brown, Bournemouth, if they're going to get back on track as a club, that's when they do it. Zaha is going to look very enticing come Game Week 12. Uh, looking at other clubs that just have great runs of fixtures, Bournemouth, uh, still not sure what to make of them. Yeah. We'll
1: know um, more over the next four weeks
0: yeah but i think i think you hit the nail on the head talking about arsenal you don't want to get too carried away with the rotation narrative and then start overlooking players that like christian erickson who we haven't mentioned this episode yet that's a player who plays in a champions league side but he's remarkably consistent with his playing time and uh for whatever reason, the Erickson game doesn't warrant the type of rotation that that other midfield players do, and yeah, yeah so so you don't want to throw
1: yourself into a panic for no reason. All right, perfect. Final lightning round question. Pama Macho says, for the next few weeks, let's say I'm just gonna I'm just gonna list a few, five weeks. Uh, who do you think is the better option between Chicharito and Rooney? Uh, Jesus. Just quick, Brandon. It's lightning round here. Come on, let's uh, go. Have I have. Manners.
0: I have to say Chicharito.
1: Yeah, for sure. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Rooney looks terrible. I mean, I mean, OK, I know he just scored. These are like the two worst
0: teams in the league among them, <laughs> West, West Ham and Everton. I don't know why you're making me choose.
1: The amazing thing is, too, I mean, if you look at Everton's fixtures, they they play Watford, Crystal Palace, Southampton, West Ham and Huddersfield in four of the next five. or in, I mean, in the next five. Uh, all really winnable fixtures. I mean, I wonder if they can turn it around, but God, they look so bad at Leicester. It's just, it's hard to believe it. But yeah, I mean, 6.9 million. I mean, the thing about Chicharito is that he's a little more fixture-proof than Rooney as well. I mean, Chicharito is just, he's such a poacher when it comes to disc goals that he can score against anybody because um, he can just get in the right position. You know, yeah. like he'll just right. sort of, um, I mean, you know, he scored two goals against Southampton in just that way. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would go Chicharito. Brandon, this is the lightning round. That's it. That's We're it, We're out. All right, so we're
0: going to move on to the Game Week 11 preview, the last game week before our our next and final international break of this calendar year. Okay, so my first question for you, Josh, for Game Week 11 is first and second choice for the armband. Assuming assuming Harry Kane is healthy and you could choose from any Manchester City player regardless of rotation.
1: Yeah, um, I guess... Maybe Jesus and you know it's funny because we talked about that little game where you set your team a week in advance. Yeah, I actually think that Mo Salah has my armband right now. Um, it's an aging West Ham defense. Uh, that team is has been shipping goals all year. Uh, it feel like it's kind of like it's kind of like the Spurs game where like. They're gonna want to win that game, and that really plays into Liverpool's hands. <laughs> you know, they're not gonna sit back; they're not gonna play for a draw. They need, you know, they're, they're basically playing for their manager's career right now. Yeah. Um, so um, it just seems like it sets up really well for Salah. Um, so I would go. I'm, I, right now, it's on Sala. I will definitely consider um, one of the players on these. There's just like some big Sunday matches, right? Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man U. But it makes it difficult to captain any of those players, I think, because. Um, you just kind of, you don't know what match you're going to get, you know, is it going to be like a cagey nil-nil? Is it going to be, you know, um, a blowout? I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards the the nil-nils.
0: I'm really struggling to think if I've had a captain play on Sunday yet this season, I feel like I've always had a Saturday armband. It's always fun to kind of see where you land during the first Mm -hmm. day of fixtures and then knowing you've got double points coming uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Uh yeah not having a Liverpool player for me I think your logic is 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 beautiful Joshua for Mo Salah I Thank think you. that's a great option um perhaps the smartest option uh yeah but for me it's it's I'm I've got my armband on my my if I die if I get hit by a bus tomorrow <laughs> team um uh-huh. on Harry Kane but he's he's got this really muted right. muted shade of orange the 25% muted orange color
1: yeah, I'm I'm sorry. You're right, of course. I mean, I, I forgot about Kane. Um, I, I'm still thinking that he's not going to be healthy, but we'll see. I mean, I guess, yeah, yeah healthy Kane, I think, is, is the automatic captain choice at home to Crystal Palace.
0: It wouldn't be shocking, though, if Pal- Palace is probably able to be pushed over by Spurs and you don't need to play Kane. If you can give him an extra week's, a week's rest with that uh, muscle strain, why not? So, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if he was... Kind of healthy, but they they rested him anyway.
1: Um, yeah, so Kane uh, Salah. I think that uh, you know, I think either of the um, you know whoever doesn't play at midweek for Man City is a, is a is a decent captain option at home to Arsenal. Uh, I don't think Man City will have any real trouble. When I said I was leaning towards nil nils, I was really thinking more about the Chelsea Man United game, and I, I I can't imagine that Arsenal put up too much of a fuss against Man City. I think that. Um, I think City probably win that game like four one or something like that. Yeah. Whoa. Jesus.
0: What else do we say about these fixtures?
1: Nothing. Uh <laughs> let's just let's just end the podcast. We've gone on for long enough.
0: All right. I I guess it's over. <laughs> all right. Uh always cheating. Find us online. We're uh on Twitter at hail cheaters facebook.com slash always cheating. Follow us on SoundCloud where you get all the, the latest audio clips, comment on our podcast there our website alwayscheating.com where you can get uh, links to our league also our patreon page it's patreon.com/alwayscheating where you can support
1: this wonderful podcast you're listening to that's right you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and please leave a review or, or even just even just give the podcast uh, a rating it, it really it's actually very helpful for us especially cuz the new podcast app is is uh, it's it's a work in progress at best. Uh, the new uh, the new iOS app, so uh, we're definitely a little concerned about people being able to actually find the podcast. Yeah. Uh, so the more highly rated it is, the easier to, it, easier it will be. Yeah. To...
0: Stop the stop the haters! Give us a nice review yeah, on exactly. iTunes. You
1: can also find us on ACast, Stitcher, Google Play. You can listen just directly on SoundCloud, um, and uh, and that's where you find us and. We'll talk to you next week, and um, y'all don't know this because he didn't say anything. But Brandon uh, flew back today and recorded the podcast, and uh, very exhausted. So, Brandon, it's a it's a a hero's return for you. <laughs> what what a nice podcast you had!
0: Thank you, Josh. I, I hope I'll be rewarded by a hundred points in game week eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really it only
1: seems it. fair. <laughs> All right, that's this All right, one's man. for you, talk Poku you Poku forever.
2: <laughs> that's right, hail Oh! <laughs>